everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is December the 28th, 2019. My grandmother turned 97 years old today. Yeah, long-term thinking, unconfiscatable. She's got a strong hand and she's got some conviction. Hey, we're going to talk about personal responsibility, being the new counterculture. We're going to talk about it all tonight. In motion, baby. The Bitcoin rabbi is here. He's in motion. We're going to talk about Hanukkah because not only was it my grandmother's 97th birthday today, tonight, today's the, uh, tonight's the seventh night of Hanukkah. So I I'm happy as anything. And it's always great to have the Bitcoin rabbi here. We're going to talk a little Judaism. We're going to talk some Hanukkah, Bitcoin predictions, all sorts. So if you got questions, type in Bitcoin Meister in the chat. We can see them. Spread the word. Tweet it out. Follow me on Twitter, TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Pound that like button. Bitcoin rabbi, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Really glad to be here. It is the seventh night of Hanukkah. And so I figured, uh, you know, I already lit uh, my menorah earlier with my kids. It's almost midnight uh, by me. I'm sure you already lit, but I figured why not for the audience, you know, spread the light, spread the miracle. So I've got my menorah here and I figure we'll start off, we'll light the menorah and then we'll we'll, we'll get into it. So uh, how's that sound for you? Oh, all right, you're 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 ready. You're ready I'm to right, go. I'm ready, I'm okay, ready. so uh, set, like I said, since I already did it, I'm gonna adjust, there are two uh, blessings that we say, um, but uh, I'll give them a little adjustment uh you know since since we've already done it one time so uh just bear with me here bear with my uh voice since it's almost midnight i'm a little uh not not quite up to it but we'll try all right so we've got our seven candles here uh because it's the seven night the seventh night and uh tomorrow night is the eighth night of hanukkah so that is uh we're, we're getting up there so pretty exciting stuff Oh yeah, these are that. these are and these are the real deal. These, I don't know about you, Adam, but we use the real olive oil. You know, yeah, that, and I, I use the Chabad, uh, the Chabad candles that are given to me. I've never done the olive oil. I mean, that's like just like in the temple you're doing there, man. That's this uh, is it. This is the this is the pure olive oil, just like in the temple. These things will last a couple hours. Hopefully, the funny thing is Jewish people, if they listen to what you said, they can tell you just did a little, it's a demonstration is what you're doing. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a little bit of an adjustment on the prayer uh, because <laughs> since I already said it once, you know, we, we don't uh, want to repeat it uh, exactly the same way uh, since, you know, since I already did it and you already did it, but we want to, you know, have the spirit of the candle lighting and, uh, and, and really, I mean, the, some people think that yeah, if they go to a Hanukkah party, they think like, oh, I went to a Hanukkah party. They lit candles there. But actually, every family and every household is, is supposed to light it themselves and have it there. So uh, this is, you know, just to spread the idea, spread the light, uh, and we'll be talking about it. So really uh, fits in with the theme here. So 
That's right. it. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, get right into it. Pound that like button, people. You never know what you're going to get here. I want to, and I actually, I think I lit the candles. Yeah, I lit the candles on my show the other, or I showed the lit candles. I've lit them in the past. What is the connection between Bitcoin and Hanukkah? So uh, first I'll just give like a kind of a brief overview of the of the history of Hanukkah. So this is, we're going back about um, like, let's say 2,300 years. So like 300 years before the, we say BCE is before the common era. Other people say BC, you know, you know, before uh, the, the time, the, yes. the calendar that we use. Now it's 2019. So 300 years before, before that started. Um, and basically the Jewish people were an independent state of Israel. Uh, they had their own government and their own society. And uh, this was actually after Alexander the Great. He um, conquered the whole, uh, like the whole world, basically, like the whole Middle East and Africa, and he took over the place. So when we talk about, we say the Greeks were fighting against the Jews and and trying to take over Israel. It wasn't actually like Greeks from you know from Greece, but it was actually uh, uh, Hellenized, you know, Greek influenced uh, Syrians or Assyria is the is the pre, you know the predecessor to modern day Syria. And so they were the empire that ruled over the Middle East during that time. And they um, they basically took over uh, Israel. What was that time Israel and the central focus of Israel uh, during the entire kingdom was the Holy Temple in Jerusalem, um, the, the Beit HaMikdash. And there there was uh, there was sacrifices and there was prayer and there was a menorah, a, a candle that was lit every single day. And so the Greeks took over that whole thing and sent all of the Jews uh, like out, you know, they they actually convinced a lot of Jews to kind of like secularize mm -hmm. and they sent the like righteous, you know, religious Jews into hiding, basically. So there was one group called the Maccabees that uh, said, like, enough is enough. We are not going to take this. We're not going to sit down. And they started a rebellion and they were like a really, really small faction of people, even amongst the Jews. Most of the Jews just like were lying down and taking it. But this small group stood up and said no. And they started a rebellion and they started fighting and they fought this huge army, which was tens of thousands of, of uh, soldiers, like uh, a real army. And they were just like, uh, basically uh, like guerrilla fighters. Like they were not a trained, they were not an army. Like they were rabbis basically. And they, through miracles, uh, beat out this Syrian, Assyrian army and kicked them out of Jerusalem, took back the city. And then when they got to uh, the temple, the place was a disaster. It was all ruined and everything had been all like, everything had to be pure. It all had to be holy there. Uh, like you can just, you know, use whatever you wanted. So oil to light the candles, like you can just, there was no store or anything. The oil had to be this like purely refined oil and it had to be done in a specific way. And they needed, uh, you know, every day you had enough oil for that one day. So they only had enough oil for one day. They lit the the candles, the candelabra, the menorah, and uh, and it was only supposed to light last that one day. But lo and behold, it was a miracle. It actually stayed, the oil was still there and it burned. It, it was gonna take them eight days to procure more oil. So they had to, uh, 
They for that eight days while they were waiting to get the new oil, the one little jug of oil that they had, uh, which they miraculously found, lasted that time. So that's the that's the story. Story. What does this have to do with Bitcoin? I think that it's kind of obvious. I mean, there was an oppressive government that came in and told these people, you know, you have to walk like us, you've got to talk like us, you've got to dress like us, you've got to act like us. You can't live the way you want to live. And most people just took it. Most people, it says in the miracle of Hanukkah, it said, uh, that the many were the, the enemies and they were given over into the hands of the few. The, the strong were given over into the hands of the weak. These, these people were, were not, uh, you know, originally the strong. They were not the, uh, the, the mighty soldiers, but they became strong and they, you know, took miracles and they, you know, went and, and fought this war. And so, you know, the comparison with Bitcoin, I think, is uncanny that this was people willing to stand up for their self-sovereignty, for their right to live how they wanted to live. They were the, you know, they were the, the few, they were the 20 percenters. And they <laughs> said, you know, we're not going to take it. And then listen to this. This is great. This, you know, do you know many, many Rosenfeld? Rosenfeld? Yes, of course. Is that his of name? Yeah, I, I know, know. I, know I never know him personally. I never met him, but we were like Twitter friends. And um, he sent me that that uh, you can think of uh, that that uh, you know the main thing the uh, story that you know everybody knows is like the war there was this big war and this big battle and it was a miracle that these small uh, group of Jews that were untrained they fought over and that was great that that would have been enough for a, a celebration on its own and then the oil and the and the candles was like this extra thing so it's like we got Bitcoin but you know it was only for transactions and it could only do you know one megabyte per per block and this and then we found the lightning network and then in that with that it could last for enough transactions to last eight billion people in the whole world so <laughs> we thought this was one miracle just enough and then it could actually even scale even greater than what we ever imagined so that's my you know that's my hanukkah bitcoin connection uh it's about you know standing up for yourself about being brave and uh, and being strong and, and saying you know I, I'm what what's right is right and I uh, you know nobody can can be the boss of me and and tell me that I can't live uh, the right way. And it's also the it shows that in life most people just go along they just go with the flow. Most of the Jews they were like yeah this Hellenized stuff is great the Greek culture is great. What, why are you causing this trouble, Judah Maccabee? Why are you doing this, man? We're living it up. These Greek dudes brought us some culture. But they, the, the few, they were like, no, we're not taking it. We are who we are. We are who we are, and we're fighting back. And they're not, they're saying we can't be, because that was the thing. The uh, the Syrian Greeks said you can't be Jewish anymore. You can't circumcise. You can't do this. You can't do that. And they wanted their freedom, just as today we want our monetary freedom. And, and now it's not as... <laughs> Back then, it was like death. If you didn't, I mean, if you didn't go with the uh, Assyrian Greeks, you could be killed, and it was it was horrible. But uh, the, the the comparison is there, and I do like the twenty percenters. And it's yeah, uh, most people don't think they they just go go with the flow, whatever the easy way is. Bitcoin is not the easy way. You can be you can be in the fiat world and uh, live a pretty good life. Actually, <laughs> you could be quite comfortable in the fiat world and, and live that life. And it also shows that you know, through history. 
unfortunately, even today, most Jewish people, they uh, also are secularized. They, they don't really care about Judaism very much at all, which is, uh, that's just, uh, this, that, that's the way it is in the modern world. Um, well, let's, let's move on. There is another comparison. Uh, we, we call it orange coin good. Uh, but you know what's funny? Uh, Hanukkah gelt. As a kid, whenever I get the Hanukkah gelt, which was just uh, chocolate uh, chocolate candy wrapped in gold uh, tin foil, it, it made, made me think that Hanukkah gelt must be uh, must be gold here. So, what is Hanukkah gelt, and why do they give money on Hanukkah? Because again, it's, there is money is uh, intertwined in, in in the holiday a little bit, coincidentally. So it is it is comparable to Bitcoin. Yeah. So actually, that's kind of a modern invention. When people think of Hanukkah gelt are these chocolate coins. Yeah. Um, and that is like a totally that, I mean, I don't know, modern, like the past hundred years or so. Um, but really this is like an ancient tradition. And people also think that Hanukkah is a time for giving gifts. No, and no, no. the real reason that they connect that is because of the uh, time relationship yes. to the to the more uh, more common, you know, in America, the, the holiday around the same time yeah. where people give gifts. But it, Hanukkah is really about giving, um, you give money. That was the tradition. This has been for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years. So Hanukkah gelt is actually the uh, Yiddish word for money. And I actually have gelt. It's, it's Yiddish and it's even, uh, it's uh, Yiddish and it's also German, very similar. Yeah. Uh, and so I have my book, my, my book, which, uh, you know, we talked about before and I'll mention is called the uh, Bitcoin money. And so if you translate that into German, it's Bitcoin Gelt. You know, it's the same. It's so Gelt just means money in Yiddish, uh, which is like a traditional European uh, Jewish language. So the there are a few reasons given for why is it that we give money on Hanukkah. Uh, so one of them is that uh, Hanukkah is actually, uh, the word Hanukkah means, um, dedication or um introduction because hanukkah is when they went to the temple and they found the temple in jerusalem and the place was a wreck the place was a mess and they had to rededicate it reintroduce it get it started again so it's called the hanukkah tamizbeach the rededication and that same word of of dedication is the same word that we use for education for like a child's like you know k through 12 or whatever like that's the same word and, and in Jewish history, the way we actually found is that, you know, adults are supposed to have a, are supposed to have a, a, a long, low time preference. They're supposed to be long-term thinking, but children, we know that they need uh, immediate, you know, a gratification. So we actually encourage rewarding children. And so when a child learns something new, they should get like a treat, they should get a present, a, a, something like that. So you give them like a coin or something like that. So it's about, rewarding the children for for their studies um that's uh that's that's part of it also it that the hanukkah candles is kind of a like it was an extra expense it was an extra thing that people had to buy so part of it was about giving charity and helping out the people who were in need at this time people who because it says that even if a person is a pauper and they have no money they should uh, they should beg to get money to be able to buy Hanukkah candles. It's that the mitzvah the, the, is that important. You know, it's such a such a important celebration that they should even, you know, go asking for others. So you should, you know, have money ready to, to give out to other people. And also, interestingly enough, the candles are like 
a, a holy object. It's not, you know, candles. We don't use candles, but we, we've got lights in our house. But in old days, candles were useful. Like, you, you know, you light candles because you want to use candles. You know, you want to light up your house. So we wanted to say these candles, like, they're not just candles you light up for for lighting up your house. They're actually like holy. You kind of put them on the side. You put them, some people put them in a window. They will like show them off, but you don't want to use it for your day-to-day mundane things. So it says the example that's in the Talmud that says you don't you don't use like you don't use those candles like for your own personal benefit. You don't like sit by the candles and like count count out your money. So you give a kid a coin and you say, like, okay, remember that's that's not what these candles are for. So that's there are these are a bunch of different reasons given for why we give uh, money or guilt. And in modern days, because like I said, the connection to uh, other holidays, uh, gifts, some people give gifts, you know, money can equate to gifts or, you know, things like that. People do. It's not the worst thing in the world. You know, it's all about being happy and celebrating. So some people uh, do gifts. Sometimes they do both. Sometimes they do chocolate money and and they do dollars. And sometimes if you're like me, you give your kids Bitcoin. So, you know, that's a, uh, but uh, I, yeah, I'm very strong into giving Bitcoin. And I actually, uh, I don't know if you know about that. Have you ever heard of, of this uh, new uh, uh, company that I'm actually uh, connected with called Give Bitcoin? Yeah, have I think I have. Yeah, 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 yes, I have. By with, the way, uh, he's linked to below. Bitcoin Rabbi is linked to below on Twitter. I'll link to give Bitcoin. I got to look that up too. But uh, you'll yeah, tell so me yeah, get, after the yeah, show. Give, we'll put some more links in there too. Yeah, givebitcoin.io.io, and it's this it's this company that uh, that I'm an advisor on, and it's a it's how you can give Bitcoin to your friends and relatives and stuff just by like sending them an email, and then it's because I, I I I love to give Bitcoin to people. Do you do you like give Bitcoin to friends or family? Oh, I gave one for one of my friends, a very good friend, for when his son was born for his bris, and that was back in 2015. So that kid's uh, he's on the but, way. Point well, one but, Bitcoin. Point but, one. But but, but what happened to it? Does he still have it? Oh yeah, he's, he's got it. He's got it. He's, he's got, got it. it. One, Did you yeah. put it on like a treasure or something? Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I had to uh, hook him up a little bit with a, a blockchain.info address back in the day. And, oh, uh, that was back that, in the day. and that's where he still he still got it there. But uh, but at least wow. he's got it. It, it was more uh-huh. complicated back then. It was much more. Right. So that's the thing. And I what I would do is I would like print out a piece of paper with a thing and like hope they don't lose it. Or maybe I would keep a thing. But with uh, give Bitcoin, it, you, you go on the website, you send it to them. And not only gives them the Bitcoin, but it, it like sends them a whole a lesson plan for how to learn how to take care of the Bitcoin. So I like I think that's a great way you know I'm I'm giving people Bitcoin for for Hanukkah I nowadays I that's what I give for every <laughs> every uh, gift you know any some one of my friends kids get married I give them Bitcoin one of you know somebody has a bar one of my students has a bar mitzvah I give them Bitcoin so that's a uh, you know gifting people Bitcoin is is uh, pretty much the the way that I go beside whether it's Hanukkah or whether it's anything else. Dude, Lightning Network will will help a lot with future Hanukkah gout. Like uh, Hanukkah 2028, everyone will be Lightning Network uh, giving out Hanukkah gout that way. Yeah, oh. I, I mean, that's I, I'm going to talk about that a little uh, bit in the predictions section. But uh, oh. but Lightning, I don't I don't know how much you've been doing with Act, but I've been like a very hands on with Lightning this whole year. I, I've been trying out a. Uh, a lot of the uh, wallets and stuff. So, well, yeah, yesterday, I, oh, yesterday's, this, on yesterday's This Week in Bitcoin show, everyone should watch it. 
that the first 20 minutes are all about lightning. You, I don't talk too much about it, but I had some lightning guys on yesterday. Check it out, people. Link to below this week in Bitcoin. Found that like button. Now, I, I actually have, we're talking about, uh, there was, hang on, there was something specific with the uh, giving people Bitcoin. I mean, yeah, you just talked about giving people uh, giving people Bitcoin right there. Bitcoin Sadaka, Bitcoin charity. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I also, I, so I made a website um, and really it's not like, it's just a proof of concept. Um, I, I, so I, I've been using BTC pay server, which is great. It's like an alternative to, um, to BitPay, And it's an alternative to all of these like payment processors where you run it yourself and you accept Bit Bitcoin and lightning payments. And so I just, you know, I, 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 am one of those people that I like to uh, buy uh, domain names and then just like figure out what to do with it. So I figured like I'm the Bitcoin rabbi. So I bought a uh, Bitcoin Sadaka.com and I just set up like, uh, it's just, you know, a little thing you can donate like one penny or 10 cents or something like that, because I'm sure you're aware that you probably, you go to synagogue and there's, you know, these pushkas, these little charity boxes around. And when people go to, when they go for prayer service, lots of people go and they put a little, a penny or dime or a quarter in or something like that. And they do it on a regular basis. And that's part of the prayer service actually is, is that before you start praying, you you put charity in. And I'm sure lots of people in different faiths have this concept that when they go to their their prayer uh, places and houses of worship, they give charity as part of it. But I don't carry cash around. I never carry cash. And I don't even carry these like coins and stuff people have. So I had this problem because I want to give charity on a regular basis. And I, I just couldn't do it physically. And I couldn't even on your phone, if you want to like go to a website and donate it with your credit card or something like that, it's like you got to give $5 and then there's like a 50 cents fee or something. So I just figured, you know, I'll collect, you know, collect money for the soup kitchen uh, or uh, a food pantry that's that's near me and I'll collect it all up. And then at the end of the month, so whatever, we make like 20 bucks a month or something on like little lightning network, uh, 10 cent payments. But it's cool, you know, you can do something like that. That's that's a thing that lightning solves. Like, you know, people say, Bitcoin, oh, go buy coffee. You know, you can buy coffee a million different ways. You don't need Bitcoin to buy your coffee. But this is actually a thing that I couldn't do without Bitcoin and without lightning. So it's it's actually something that Lightning Network solves that that couldn't be done before. So I think that's cool. I think that's nice. Yeah, you're right. You know, when I when I'm at Shul, like in Beth the Villa in Baltimore, I picture the dudes and I I give something also. Like I find change when I'm running. So like I'll have the change <laughs> that I found. But these older guys, they're all in their 70s, they got dollar bills. But they're all their set. They still carry around cash and everything like that. You see a lot of those. So times are changing. I, I want to say, speaking of throwing around some money here, Robert Hardebeck. My buddy out in Southern Cal sent 10 bucks. Excellent content, he says. Well, thank you, Robert. And you also asked if I uh, if I miss the Orthodox uh, community around uh, La Brea in uh, right south of West Hollywood in Los Angeles. And I do miss those guys. I, I like their little shoal. And um, I will be back there uh, starting February 12th until April the 6th which is right before Passover. I'm going back to Baltimore for Passover. I've been in Los Angeles with those Orthodox Jews uh, living among them. It, it, it's beautiful there on La Brea. It's all sorts of people. It wasn't just Orthodox Jews, but I do miss them. That is a, that's a good question. Has, and people, you can ask questions by typing in Bitcoin Meister. Hass McCook says, or doing a super chat like Robert did, uh, and Hass McCook says, Happy Hanukkah to you and the rabbi 
and a happy birthday to Granny. Well, thank you very much. And it is, yeah, it's pretty amazing to be 97 years old. I mean, to talk to someone who's 97 years, it's it's great. She's great. And uh, what what did you else you said here? Uh, okay, Hasma Cook is also watching cricket right now because it's Sunday afternoon in freaking Sydney, Australia. <laughs> because I mean, we've got <laughs> Hasma Cook. Shout out to, to shout out to Friar Has. You're great, and uh, I love your I love your stuff, man. Yeah, I, I also miss Sydney, uh, Sydney, Australia. Uh, that was that's a great time. What it, Australia is awesome. That's part of my whole thing now. I think every year, uh, every year I go to Israel, definitely, but every year I go to Australia also, and I think I'm going to keep that in my rotation. And probably every year I go to Los Angeles too. I love all those places. Have uh, they're warm? So that that's part of my thing. All right, well, now, now that we're talking about countries a little bit i got a an interesting question here you you mentioned the word gelt and gelt you said it's german and it's yiddish but yiddish really is old german it's it, the jews of old. it's a combination it's yeah. a combination of a lot of things a, a lot a lot of german a lot of yeah, german it's, all, it's the base it, you know that you add their other words are their other languages mixed in there but but the jews of the time that came up with this language it, they were uh, near Germany. They, that was the center of uh, that spread. Well, language. I mean, there were like my family were in like Russia, Ukraine, Moscow. Really, it was all over the Europe. Of course, though, all it's, over Europe. Yeah, it, it's close. I mean, it's close. But they, there was a yeah. it was a common language that the Jews of all of Europe could could speak, and it, it served quite a purpose. It served a purpose because they were all in different countries. There were different languages, and it, it was a way of you you know if you were in Lithuania, you could talk to a guy, and if you ever encountered a guy from the Ukraine, I guess. You could talk to him now. Um, things have changed since, since those days a lot, um, and the Jews are back in the land of Israel and they speak Hebrew there. Do you think there really is? I, I go to New York City, and uh, if you go to Williamsburg and you see Satmar, all they speak is Yiddish. Is there really a point in like continuing the Yiddish language, like other than just like for historical purposes, so you can read historical documents? I see very little point in it anymore, like teaching it to the kids to speak it like fluently. It's uh, it's kind of a language of it, it's time has passed. I felt. What, what do you think about that? So oh, this is very, uh, very uh, tough and uh, controversial question. Um, I mean, the Hebrew that is spoken nowadays is really like a made up Hebrew. Uh, meaning Hebrew wasn't spoken as a language. It was not. It was a written for, for it. I mean, it was it was like uh, 2000 years ago, more, maybe 2000, more than 2000 years ago, uh, for a long, long time, Jews were speaking Aramaic actually, and then they were speaking. So uh, that's the thing, Yiddish is what the Jews have been speaking for the past thousand years. And then, um, and particularly the, uh, the religious Jews and the Orthodox and the rabbis and all of that were spoke in Yiddish in, in Europe, like I said, in different Jewish communities, in like um, Arabic countries spoke Arabic and in uh, Spanish countries, they spoke Ladino and there are different versions of that. And there are there are other uh, Jewish languages that that and dialects that were in different areas. And even Yiddish has different dialects, depending which part of Europe you were in, like Russian Yiddish versus uh, Polish Yiddish and, and all of that. Um, where so there is kind of like a, a feeling that like the Hebrew that's spoken uh, in modern Israel today is what somewhat of a foreign language to these communities 
you know, the Sotmar community and the, you know, Yiddish is what we've spoken. So like you guys made up a language and it is, you know, we, we write with that language and we use those words and we even in, there's different pronunciations. It gets complicated because there's, you can pronounce Hebrew in uh, Ashkenazi way, which is the European way or the Sephardic way, which is like the Arabic and Israeli way. Um, and it sounds very different how you say different words like Shabbos and Shabbat. You know, that's the difference between those. So I, I appreciate, uh, you know, people that want to speak Yiddish and, and, and want to keep that because it's, you know, we Jews are not, we're not going to, the way we've been strong and the way we've done it is that we don't just change just because something popped up, you know, 50 or 100 years ago. Uh, we've been doing something for a thousand or more years. Uh, there's something to that. There's something special to that. Actually, you just reminded me, and I have this up here. I found this, um, and I wanted to share this quote. And especially uh, tonight, I don't know if you heard, but there's been a lot of uh, anti-Semitic attacks, and there was one tonight in a in a, a, a rabbi's house in Muncie. Somebody ran in just now, an hour ago. Uh, somebody ran in and with a machete and and stabbed a lot of people and uh you know jewish people at a hanukkah party it's been the whole hanukkah i don't know if you're you know you uh, people shouldn't be following the news and you know but but i i can't avoid these kind of things a lot of terrible stuff has been on the rise recently of like anti-semitic attacks in new york particularly and uh so like keeping on to the things that have kept us strong like i can always value that so i want to just re read to you this quote and this is actually from mark twain Mark Twain, you know, a famous author, wrote this in 1899. Maybe yeah, I know this quote. This I, love, I, I love this quote. I, I think I know it. Uh, and he, he said, yeah, yeah, get, get, he read, said it, read it, read it. He said, the Egyptian, the Babylonian, and the Persian rose, filled the planet with sound and splendor, then faded to dream stuff and passed away. The Greek and the Roman followed and made a vast noise. They are gone. Other peoples have sprung up and held their torch for a high time, held their torch high for a time, but it burned out and they sit in the twilight now or have vanished. The Jew saw them all, beat them all, and is now what he always was, exhibiting no decadence, no infirmities of age, no weakening of his parts, no slowing of his energies, no dulling of his alert and aggressive mind. All things are mortal, but the Jew. All other forces pass, but he remains. What is the secret of his immortality? And so, you know, Hanukkah, that's what Hanukkah is about. And that is where, why I say that, uh, you know, Yiddish, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't, don't push it aside because it's held, it's stayed with us uh, through all of those difficulties of, of, of the darkness of, of Europe in the, the dark ages and, and even to this day. So, I mean, you know, I, you don't have to learn it. You don't have to teach it to your, your kids, but, uh, but, but it, it definitely has a, a strong place and a warm place in, in the hearts of a lot of Jews. And I think it's going to keep on in, in some capacity. Is it going to be the thing that we all continue speaking? Is it going to grow in, in its, you know, modern use? I don't know, but it's, it's still a powerful, uh, it's still a powerful force. All right, we're going to go back to Yiddish in a second, but there is a, la a language question for you because I have a few more thoughts on that. But first of all, that Mark Twain quote, pound that like button. I used to have that printed out on my refrigerator uh, when, I, when I lived in Baltimore. So all my friends at all my wild parties would see it and everything just to know who oh, I was, nice. no matter what. Um, all right, just learned Bitcoin says, 
First of all, happy Hanukkah. Does the rabbi plan to release his children's book in other languages? And I believe. Ooh. Okay, so let me get to you to this. All right, so so far the book, here's the book, it's called Bitcoin Money, A Tale of Bitville Discovering Good Money. Um, it is a children's book. I mean, it's really good for all ages. Um, my father says it's the best thing for, you know, for him to learn Bitcoin. A lot of adults like it. And we've translated it into German, Spanish, French, Italian, Japanese, and Finnish. That's what it's been, that is, is available in all of those languages so far right now on my website, thebitcoinrabbi.com, on Amazon, all of those languages. That's what we've done so far in this year, in the past eight months or so. But I have more stuff ready. The problem is, is that it costs money to every time you want to publish it and it costs money to edit the design and to put it out there. And so like, I can't, you know, if somebody wants to like put it in like Bulgarian, if like five people are going, like somebody wrote a trans, I no offense to Bulgarians, but like somebody wrote a translation to Bulgarian, but like if, if, if only five people are going to buy it in Bulgarian and it's, going to cost like $500 or more to, I don't know, whatever much it costs to print, it, it's not reasonable to do that. So I have waiting, ready to print, just I need help. You know, I need like a distributor and stuff. We've got Danish, Russian, Norwegian, Hindi, Dutch, Turkish, Bulgarian, Portuguese, Arabic, Chinese, Indonesian, Vietnamese, Korean, Gujarati, Ukrainian, Czech, Estonian, and Swedish. All of because it's a short book, it's only a thousand words. All of those languages are ready to print. We just need somebody who's like, oh, I can I can sell a hundred of those books and then we could print it. There, there we go. In motion, people. There's a for the people who speak Portuguese out there, because I know there are some watching this, get in contact with it, become the distributor, make some make some money off this thing. We actually have both. We have two, we have Brazilian Portuguese and we have Portugal Portuguese. We've got both translations ready to go. I just like, you know, I don't know anybody that that can, you know, distribute the books in those countries. So Korea. that's all we need. Korean is great too. I can't believe. So if someone who knows Korean here, you got an opportunity in motion, baby. I'm bringing you jobs on this show. I'm bringing you all sorts of stuff. So contact him. All sorts of links are going to be down there right now. You can just send him a DM on Twitter, but there'll be more. Yeah, my DMs are open. Like, you know, send me any questions. If you've got, if you have, you know, if you need spiritual advice, you know, from a Bitcoin rabbi in both your rabbinic needs or your uh, Bitcoin needs, whether you're Jewish or, or not, uh, I'm, you know, that's, I'm open. My DMs are open. I'm happy to answer and help in any way I can. Okay. Lots so of people. That's what I love about Twitter. And I love about the Bitcoin community is I have talked to so many people who are both, both Jews and uh, not Jewish people who have just like asked me for advice or, you know, wanted to learn something or all this kind of stuff. I actually started a uh, a uh, weekly uh, Torah learning class with uh, with a, a guy that I met, you know, a Bitcoiner, uh, a Jewish fellow, and uh, that's I, I I just love like making these connections and, and and meeting people and you know helping in any way I can as the Bitcoin rabbi. You know, that's that's my job. 
Okay, now I, I want to go back to the language thing real quick, just to give my my opinion on the situation. But you said it is a controversial subject. It is controversial. Um, well, first of all, you, 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 the Hebrew in Israel is different. First of all, Hebrew, guys, it's in the Torah. The Torah is in Hebrew. No doubt about that. So there weren't certain words back then. So it's, you know, when you're speaking Hebrew in Israel, there are all these new words that are added in and stuff, and there's different pronunciations, et cetera, et cetera. But for those people are saying, I think in the chat, I saw and said Hebrew was lost. Or, no, it, it's the Torah has always been in Hebrew. It's in he, it's <laughs> generation to generation. That is that is Hebrew yeah. right there. But, yeah, it but just the, wasn't spoken. It was written and 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 also said and and chanted, but it wasn't the um. It wasn't the dialect that was uh, like it was even said out loud, but it wasn't the conversational dialect. Yeah. It was the it was the language of study and learning yes. and of the Bible, but it wasn't how people spoke to each other. So As course, like us right now, we're speaking English, but if we were to learn a Jewish subject in forest study, we would learn it in Hebrew and we would speak out loud those words in Hebrew. But we we don't talk to each other. We we talk to each other in the vernacular. So it's been that way for for about over 2000 years. Yes. So, I mean, it, it, the, the question came about there, there are many, there are religious Jews that thought it should only be used in a religious context forever and ever. But, you know, when, when it, when Israel was reestablished, thank God, they had to, you know, what language shall we use? I mean, there was Yiddish was an option. English was an option. So they went with the Hebrew option. Um, now, the, the issue with Yiddish that I had is that um, it is the language of the exile. It's a language of a time that was not that great. Um, and it is German. It, it, it is really, the base is German. And what, what happened in the early 20th century with Germany, it's just, it's a little weird now that, you know, the, Israel exists. Um, the Jews were almost destroyed, but of course they were not because they will never be destroyed. And yet there's still some people, and the Jews were spread all over the world and to Israel. They were cleared out of Europe, basically. Um, but there's still some Jews in uh, in uh, Brooklyn, uh, especially, that are that are speaking on the street. They're not speaking English, even though they live in Brooklyn. They're speaking German. They're speaking Yiddish. And it's just, to me, it's like, uh, I, I can understand, you, you know, maybe they have strong opinions about what they speak in Israel. What they, what, what they, no, no, Satmar has very strong opinions of Israel, period. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I don't, I think Yiddish should be taught as a historical language. I, I, I think it's, it's time has passed because either you're Jewish and you're living in, you know, like the United States, why speak Yiddish? Just, just speak English when you're studying Torah. And if you're living in Israel, uh, why speak Yiddish? Their, their, their language is Hebrew now. Now I, I know there's historical traditions, but it's, uh, it seems like we've entered a new stage that, that, that's my, uh. That's my whole take on it. But I do want to say to everyone that know that Hebrew is Hebrew is Hebrew. It's what's in the Torah. That is obvious. And you write Yiddish with Hebrew letters. So if you know what Hebrew yeah. letters look like. And well, I knew I knew what Hebrew letters look like. And I'm running around Williamsburg and I see these weird combinations of it. I try to sound it out. I'm like, this isn't Hebrew. What? What like you see two olives in a row or something like what the heck is this? But so yeah yeah yeah. A anyway that that that's my whole that's my take on it. <coughs> but everyone's everyone's got a different thing, a, a different uh, a, a opinion of the whole thing, and it's you know the, you know you got two Jews, you got five different opinions, right? Isn't that there you go? Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Isn't it something like that? All right, all right. So we we talked about language. 
And now we're going to move on to, oh, let's see if we get any other questions here. Uh, and that is awesome that the book is, uh, uh, oh, someone said with the book, what about ebook? Couldn't it easily be translated and formatted? Well, for, I mean, the cool thing about this book, it's, you know, it's got the graphics and stuff. I mean, and it's for kids. So it's really cool to, oh, I mean, okay. Isn't... So I, the whole book. So, I mean, I never made it as like a Kindle because the whole point is like, you know, it's a, it's a colorful book. It's like for kids, it's not really something that goes good as an ebook. It's not something you're going to like read on a Kindle. It's a thing you give as a gift. That's like the whole point of it. You buy this as a gift and you give it to a kid or you really what you do, you give it to your, your, you give it to your nephew and then you tell your nephew to read it. You tell your, your, your sister to read it with the nephew so that your sister learns about Bitcoin. That's really the trick. That's the whole point of it is that uh, it is, you know, something for a parent and a kid to read together. So it's something really needs to be tangible, but I made the whole book into a free uh, animated audiobook. So if you don't want to buy the book, <laughs> one, if you really want to read it on digital, I'll send it to you. You can read it on digital. It's fine. I didn't make it a, an ebook because like I said, I don't think it's really that's the right format for it. But, um, but I made a whole for free on YouTube and on my Twitter uh, the entire book read from start to finish. It's 15 minutes long. I narrated myself and I animated it and you can read and watch the entire book. So if you want the whole book, you can read it. You can read the whole book. You can, uh, you know, get a digital copy. You can watch it. You can read it in 10 or 15 different languages any way possible. But the best thing to do is to buy it as a gift and give it to your uh, niece or nephew or, you know, cousin or brother or something like that. Uh, and, and help them, uh, you know, learn about Bitcoin. Yeah, oh, old school style. I like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that works the best, the old school book style. Pound that like button. All right, let's get back to what do uh, rabbis and religious Jewish people think about Bitcoin? I, I've gotten some opinions lately, but what? what I what, bet you have. I've heard yes. about that. I think we probably have the similar. I, we're still early. That that's my experience. I've been so I basically I've been doing this for about a year, doing the Bitcoin rabbi and like going trying to talk around. I I've given my presentation I think four times, not as many as I would have hoped. You know, I thought we would already. I thought this year was going to be a bull run. We'd be already at uh, new all time highs. There'd be FOMO, and I'd be like asked to speak all at at a uh, you know different Jewish groups all around. But things didn't get as hyped yet. You know, I'm gonna have to wait until after the having and you know 2020 stuff for that but uh I, so it's people are still you know still kind of kind of skeptical they 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 just you know they're not they're not skeptical as much um like they're not you, you hear from younger people um they're not as afraid of the technology part of it but they still just like don't you know I, so I, jewish people i think are and younger, it, 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 Jewish people are not that different than the Joe, even very orthodox. Even you see people that look like they're not, you know, interested in technology and stuff. They know, you know, they, they, they distance themselves from things like social media and, um, and all various types of media, movies and television and the radio and stuff like that. But they still know technology. And that's not, uh, you know, scary to them. They'll still have, you know, in their car GPS and, you know, and, and use uh, at the uh, hospitals, whatever kind of technology and all kinds of stuff. And out of Israel, all, all different kinds of technology. So it's not that, but like, 
the world is still very, it's still fresh. And, and people are now they now they're familiar with it. everybody I talk to now has heard of it. Um, and they, uh, you know, and they and and even when it comes to like, digital money stuff, like everybody's got like, uh, digital money, you go to any store, they've got the, the highest, uh, newest, uh, freshest uh, credit card processors and digital things like that. Um, lots of people love smartphones, but Bitcoin is, I mean, you can say it's a, it's a good sign that we're still, we're still very early, but, but the, the like fear and like hatred of, of technology is it's not there anymore. And, and I, and I think that we're progressing in that, that like, especially with young people, they just take it as a given, like, yeah, technology. Yeah. Okay. A digital currency. That makes sense. Like it could happen. You know, they, they, they're not like opposed to it. Yeah. Well, I, I the, the thing I've run into, and I think it makes sense with uh, Chabad rabbis of a certain age. This, uh, yeah. It's all about the age. It's all about what age you are. Okay, the cutoff, okay. Like over 50. No way. Not, not going to get it. No <laughs> well, way. Not they, the, the, the Chabad, the, the rabbis, they are all very familiar with the stories of the Rebbe and his family uh, and, and many other rabbis throughout the generations who were stifled and imprisoned by the communist Russians or by the Tsarist Russians and just the government just really <clears throat> cracking down on Judaism. So their first question is, well, can't the government stop this? How will the government mm -hmm. stop Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. That's their first. That's and I think they might get they might <laughs> get that from, from those experiences, just knowing that you know governments can be very powerful and can do very bad things. And so, and I say, no, no, a government, the United States government, no government can stop this. But that is a, I mean, a, a Chabad rabbi who's older, that's what he asked me, said, how's the government going to stop this? How, how, can't they stop this? And uh, so, but, but younger people, indeed, they, uh, they, they want technology. Younger people have cell phones. And so, so yeah, there's, it, it's definitely a, a generational thing, but there's been, I mean, in the Orthodox Jewish community, there, has there been any big statements on uh, on Bitcoin at all? I mean, this year, uh, a great um, article was written just about a month ago. Well, so I wrote an article that was published in a, um, it was like a lighter article. I'll share with you. It's called Eight Lessons from the Blockchain. It was an article, you know, for Hanukkah, for the eight days of Hanukkah. So what I write, like eight connections between, it's stuff, it's kind of rehashed things that I've, uh, made connections I've made before between Bitcoin and Judaism, um, like about proof of work and about the consensus and about, uh, you know, the, um, let's see, uh, um, you know, holding your own keys, all, various things. And I connect them to like Jewish concepts of, uh, of various types. Um, so I wrote that, that was just published and sent out in, in a Jewish magazine called Soulwise. Um, but I read a, a really great mag uh, article that was on H.com. Are you familiar with H? H yeah, is also a you know a Jewish organization. So on H.com, uh, an article about a uh, Bitcoin. But no, like there hasn't been any like big uh, rabbinic leader, you know, saying anything. I mean, I wouldn't suspect you know a a, a grand rabbi to like say anything uh, about Bitcoin. It kind of is. It's still under the radar. And, you know, I still, I think that it's still pretty, as, as heated as everything is, when you're like in the heat of things, it seems like it's so big and, but, but for people that are out of it, like, it's not really, you know, like it's fine. Bitcoin is, 
So, I mean, I, I'm Bitcoin is every day part of my life. Like that's what I'm learning, reading about and listening to. And like, I follow the technology and I follow like the updates and everything. Um, but, but they're still just kind of, you know, it's going on there. Like was that people ask me, they're like, is that still a thing? It's still going on. You know, when the price is flat, they're like, what's going on? You know, it, it, we haven't hit new all time highs yet. So it's not on everybody's radar yet. It's still kind of in the back of people's minds. Yes. Uh, I've, I've also been asked by people like, Oh, I thought it got hacked. I thought it was gone. Just, uh, once, once it gets bigger and it will, it, again, long-term thinking people, there'll be all sorts of, uh, religious authorities, uh, giving opinions on it in all sorts of religions. Uh, 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 I'm sure now well, that's, I'm hoping that's what I'm kind of like, uh, I'm kind of pre, you know, setting, I, I want to be part of those conversations. Like I want to be in those conversations. So that's what yeah. I'm hoping for is that, uh, is that, you know, when, when that day happens that, cause they need to come, you know, rabbis aren't always necessarily technological ep experts and I'm no cryptographer myself, but I, you know, spent the past two and a half years, you know, fully immersed in this technology. And I, I look at it every single day. I'm, you know, looking at what the new, uh, you know, developments and pull requests and softworks people are working on. And so I think I've got a good understanding. So I think that rabbis do need that, just like with any kind of new technology, they actually need a real understanding of what's going on. So uh, I hope to be, you know, at part of those conversations as they happen. It's it's important to note that, you know, everyone thinks of a rabbi as a religious authority, but but some of them, many of them, they, they have specialized, they specialize just like doctors specialize. There's certain oh, yeah. rabbis that are experts in kashrut, in, in, yeah. in determining if something's kosher, I mean, you could mm -hmm. you, know, you could specialize in anything, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And there are different degrees, different layers. There are rabbis that they can speak and they can speak for a million people. You know, they can speak for an entire country. They can speak for an entire, they can speak almost for the entire world. Um, and, and other rabbis are, you know, if you're a pulpit rabbi, you know what you say, maybe half your congregation listens to you, maybe half of them don't. You know, I'm not a pulpit rabbi. I'm trained as a rabbi. I give classes. I'm a teacher. I'm, you know, in a in a day school. I teach elementary and middle school and high school students. So, you know, hopefully some of them listen to me sometimes. And I go around. I talk about Bitcoin and technology in general. Um, but uh, <clears throat> so there are different levels of authority and knowledge. Um, but but yeah, rabbis, uh, grand rabbis who do speak on behalf of whole communities have to consult with when they're speaking about medical topics, they consult with doctors. And when they're speaking about other legal topics, they consult with legal experts. And so the same is true for technology. Yes, yes. This is, so this it's you you position yourself well. I, I I'm saying that long term thinking there. All right, let's uh I want to get your halachic <laughs> opinion Ooh. on something. Uh, okay, all right. All right, this is it's about a historical figure. <clears throat> If he was Jewish, and well, did he ever stop being Jewish? Um, so here we go. Karl Marx. There's a, because there's all these people out there that love to anyway. They they love to bring up Karl Marx and say he's Jewish and etc. And now, so I want your opinion on this. Karl Marx's mother was Jewish. There's there's no doubt about that. His mother was Jewish. His father was Jewish. His father's name was Herschel, but he changed his name. He converted from Judaism. To become some to join an evangelical church. That's it. That's Karl Marx's father. Converted. Then Karl Marx, as a child, was baptized as a Lutheran. He was baptized as a Lutheran. So and then you know Karl Marx went on to write this 
godless, uh, he developed his godless philosophy, and he did not like Jewish people. But when he was baptized, Karl Marx was baptized, he was a, a youth. So he didn't really choose to be baptized. So in the history of Judaism, there have been many forced baptisms, and people say, well, that that person, if you were baptized as a child, you're, you're still Jewish because you didn't choose to be baptized. You're not, you didn't decide to exit the Jewish religion. So is Karl, is, did Karl Marx, did, did he die a Jewish person, but just not a very good Jewish person? No, there's absolutely no, it doesn't matter if you're a child or an adult or you chose it or not. There's no such concept of, um, of not, of not, of losing your Jewish identity in, according to Judaism, a, a Jewish person is who is either born of a Jewish mother or who converts according to uh, Jewish law is Jewish, um, for their entire life, regardless of what they do. So meaning they can be, they can worship, uh, foreign gods. They can become any religion they choose to be that doesn't change their according to jewish law that they are still jewish so it doesn't matter what he did in his life um or or anybody for that matter it's 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 a binary thing and and somebody either is jewish or isn't um and if i i'm not an expert in his history but if his mother was uh, a, a jewish person and he was born that way then he is jewish and was always jewish makes no difference what what work what he worshiped or how he lived his life yeah now, now eve so if a jewish person so this is a good clear if a jewish person today says i'm leaving i'm converting to catholicism they're still under halacha they're still Jew jewish they don't have to uh they, yeah i mean because it's not it's not uh, it's it's not about their religious practice. It's not about their religious belief. It's just an identity. I mean, you could say that about, you know, lots of different identities. I mean, now we're in the day and age of uh, self-identification, but, uh, you know, people say that, but it, it's similar. Just like uh, if a person says, you know, uh, if a person is, you, you, that's just their, uh, their identity. That's how they were born. They can't, they can't take it away from themselves. Uh, any more than they can take away various other identities, which I won't go into that whole uh, subject. But but you know you can't take away your identity, even if you act or believe a different thing. Oh wow! So as much as Karl Marx and his father tried not to be Jewish, <laughs> they were Jewish. Oh. But anybody can become Jewish. It's not like an ethnic thing. I mean, anyone in the world. Uh, that wants to be can become Jewish. There's no restrictions whatsoever. Um, it's they hard. Just, it's, they not, just, it's not an easy process. It's not. It's not it, it, you know. It's uh, any if hard. if you want to do it, it's hard. If you if it's if it's stuff you don't want to do, if it's stuff that you want to do, then it's not hard. You know, if you want to follow the rules of the Torah, you know, then, then and that's if that's enjoyable for you, then then it's not so hard. It, you know, it's rigorous. I guess you could say. You know, it's. It's intensive uh, to go through the conversion process uh, according to Jewish law, but um, anybody in the world could do it. So it's not exclusive um, like that, that anybody is excluded from it. Yeah, very, very good reminder there. That That is that is very true. You see the two ways you could become Jewish or the two ways you're Jewish, you're born of a Jewish mother or you can convert and, and do it the proper the proper conversion way, which again, people see kind of like famous Jewish people on TV or whatever. Uh, 
and and then they'll think, well, that looks pretty easy. Well, that's not <laughs> that that's not the way you become Jewish by like emulating some secular Jewish person. You got to actually follow the Jewish laws if if you want to. That, that's why I'm saying it's hard because you, you right, know, yeah. Yeah. Most Jewish people don't really follow the, they, they assimilate and everything. Like right? it's not just like, yeah, the but I have to say, Adam, I, I have to tell you this. I mean, I, you, you've been this entire year, um, going above and beyond even what was the uh, comfortable for you and what you were maybe accustomed to, uh, because of, uh, your year of mourning. And I have to say it was really inspiring to see that and to hear you talk about it. And, uh, I'm really, you know, for I'm I'm sorry for the loss of your father, but I, I have to say that what you've done with your prayer and your cottage for your father, it meant a lot to me to see that and to hear you talk about it. So, you know, in, in your father's marriage and in 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 your family's marriage, that's really something special. So, you know, kolha uh, kavod to you uh, for for doing that and for for doing what might have been hard and you know to go to synagogue all those days and and do that. It really, it was touching outside of just, you know, for you and your family. Well, thank you very much. That means a lot to me that you said that. And my father would be so darn proud right now that a rabbi said that to the whole world about him and me and everything. That was just beautiful. That, it really, pound that like button, people. That that meant a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, this, obviously, the year, we all encounter challenges during the year and everything like that. Um and I want to see, this is, you've been in Bitcoin now for, I mean, it's been over a year now, but you became prominent. I mean, I remember you, you started up the Twitter account and I, I thought it was a scam at first because it disappeared for a second because Twitter didn't trust, you know, when you make a new Twitter account, they become paranoid and stuff. But what, what has this year been like? Thoughts on the past year for you here? Uh, your first yeah, this was, year, your first full yeah, year, yeah. nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I I started. It was oh, just over. I started in like October, I think. You know, whatever. So it's been just like fourteen months. But the first full year, it's been a wild ride. I mean, it started out with I did. I think I did probably fifteen podcasts, something like that. Um, yours, I did. We did before Passover. That was so much fun. I did the Bitcoin Haggadah. Um, I went to a couple different conferences. Um, so that means, so I went to, um, uh, uh, what was it called? Magical crypto conference in, in New York city. That was so much fun. I went to, um, the, the, uh, Bitcoin New York NYC Bitcoiners meetup, uh, which is not a conference, but just like a, a meetup. And they actually made that. I, maybe I told you this last time that Pierre Richard ran, runs that and they, they made it at the kosher restaurant for me and they switched the day. So it wasn't on Shabbat. That was incredible. And uh, a lot of these conferences, I really wish I could go to, but they're on Shabbat. They're, you know, most conferences are on, you know, Saturday, Sunday. So, like, if I have to travel, it's very difficult to, to, to do that. But um, I went to um, uh, Crypto Springs, which was in um, Palm Springs in, I think, August or September or something. I went to that. Uh, that was run by um, Malcolm Demirs and... Um, uh and stacy herbert and um and uh uh stark and uh elizabeth stark and they and i spoke there i blew the shofar there i don't know did you see that video i brought a show because it was it was right before rosh hashanah so i brought a shofar with me i'll send you that video that was fantastic so i spoke there about you know what does it mean to be a bitcoin rabbi and like how do i reach out to people and i brought a shofar and i was like you guys want to hear the shofar you know 
this because the, the shofar you know, is there are two times we blow the shofar. One we blow it on Rosh Hashanah, but actually I don't know if you know this, but it says in the Torah we don't do it nowadays, but in the times of uh, ancient Israel they would do it once every fifty years. It was called the Jubilee, and it was it was like the freedom. It says proclaim freedom throughout the land, and all everyone goes to back to their farm, and all the every everybody's like free. And so all the slaves are freed. So I was like, let's let's blow this horn for economic freedom, and that was it was it was fantastic. So I did that. I met. I went to New York. I met. Um, uh, who else did I meet? I I spoke with uh with uh, Marty Bent. You ever meet Marty? Yeah. Uh, I, I met, he's been on the show before. He's been on the show. Before. So so I met. I went to New York City. I met him. I met Pomp. Pomp was like a bursting fire of energy that was like so much fun he he was great i just was like i had nothing to talk with him about i gave him a copy of my book and like i had nothing you know like he works in the financial business like i'm a rabbi i'm not really selling anything to him he's not selling anything to me but i was like dude i gotta meet you i gotta like i i, I just want to like he's got you know he's such an energetic person and i had a blast talking to him really really great guy i really enjoyed that uh i met uh, pierre richard a couple times um uh you know we went out to dinner and um uh, uh met uh you know so it was just yeah it was fun it's been a great year i met a i met a lot more bitcoiners than i expected to i thought i would like you know kind of be online make a few tweets do a few things and i ended up meeting hundreds of bitcoiners you know from new york to california to all these different things it was a blast like i had you know i didn't know when I started this, that it, I would be welcomed with such uh, joy and and warmness into a community. Yeah, I didn't realize that that's what was going to happen, and that is what happened. And so, as much as people badmouth the Bitcoin community and talk about toxic and negativity and stuff, I just thought it was like I, I really liked it. I I I I'm, I'm really like being here. I like sharing with people. So that's my take on on 2019 and my experience with the Bitcoin community. Well, I, I want to say that's the thing. You've got a really positive outlook. So you're in motion in a positive way, and just like that, you're everybody's friend and you're meeting people. That's that's the attitude you got to have. That's what I admire. You're you're trying to build something here. You're not complaining. You're not. You're not picking on, you know, blaming other people for your problems. You're just going out there with that positive attitude. This, this is what works, people. He shows this is this is what works. Take a positive attitude. You know, create, don't destroy. There you go. That's 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 what I like. Well, what is there anything? You know, you talked a lot about the the book, the book being translated. Anything else new with the book? Because that's, I mean, that's your big claim to fame, of course, the book. I mean, I, I'm like in the Tel Aviv Bitcoin embassy, there are like five copies there. I mean, wherever I go, <laughs> the copies laying around. Um, but it, it, what, anything new with the book and predictions for this uh, coming 2020 and the, the decade of the 20s? Yes, yeah, so I'll say that the book we've sold, which totally blew me away, we sold over 5,000 copies. It might be over 6,000 copies, but, but for sure, at least 5,000 copies, which is incredible. Um, include with you know with the different languages. Um, we're hoping to do more languages. Like I said, I want more of these languages. I want them to come out. Um, that we got you know we did a bunch in a row. We did like one after another after another, and then you know we kind of got stopped by like that that we needed. We did like all the major languages, and then you know distribution was was the issue. So that's one thing. Other people have suggested kind of. Uh, revamping it to do like a older version, maybe like a comic book version that like 
teens. Because, like, if you give it to, like, uh, you know, you can give this to, like, ages, like, 10 and under, maybe something like that. You've, you've seen it. You've, you've said your mother yeah. and teachers read the book. But, like, maybe if you want to give it something to a 16-year-old, so maybe we could take the same idea and, like, make it a little bit more mature and make it in a format. So that's an idea. Um, you know, I don't want to, like, force it. People have asked me, you know, what's going to be version two? What's So I don't know. But, like... I, I don't know about making a different book, but I, I have thought about that. That sounded like the most reasonable thing of like the same idea, but in different age brackets, um, you know, different formats, but still like kind of the basic of like basic intro to Bitcoin. So those are the, the, the two, you know, uh, the two updates, the things that I'm looking forward to hope that they happen. I don't have anything set yet, but if we move forward and, uh, what I would like to see in this coming year is more languages and then maybe like a, an updated version. All right. All right. So predictions for uh, 2020 and 20s. I think it's, well, tw I think it's going to be a big year, you know, I, I, from technology uh, there are, and I just listen to, you know, I, I try and listen to all as many podcasts as I can. You know, I listen to Stefan Levera. I listen to Peter McCormack. Um, you know, I, for th those are where you get like a lot of technical stuff. I really like, uh, Marty Ben and Matt O'Dell, uh, you know, for uh, rabbit hole recap and, and, uh, tales from the crypt. I, I love the guys on noted, um, and, and you, a few others that I've been on, uh, what Bitcoin, di uh, of, uh, Bitcoin citizen and coin Icarus, a bunch of podcasts that have on technical people. And so I've been hearing about, there are a lot of technical stuff, like, uh, that that are working on like actually getting into Bitcoin. Um, so like um, um, Schnorr and what all these things that I don't even really full taproot and and graphroot and all these things that are supposed to make uh, privacy better and 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 uh, payments cheaper and all all kinds of things. Uh, so those are cool stuff that's happening. But I think Lightning is as much as people are you know. Uh, saying it's not growing as much as it. I use Lightning a lot. I use all the different wallets. I test them out. I use it a lot. I make may, way more um, payments on Lightning than ever on Chain. You know, I love Lightning payments. They're they're much. I think Lightning payments are superior to Bitcoin payments by far. There's there are many aspects of it superior. The the privacy is is. You know how you make a Bitcoin payment, uh, a Bitcoin transaction, and you're afraid. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know I, what I, mean? I had that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> every time, every time, not, not, not sometimes, every time you make a Bitcoin transaction, you're afraid with a lightning transaction. You're not afraid for a couple of reasons because it's an invoice. So you can't get it wrong. There's no such thing as a lightning payment to the wrong place or, or, or the wrong amount. There's no such thing as like a lost lightning payment you, because it's, it's really peer to peer. It's like your account to their account. So it's much more direct. And, and there are a lot of other things. That's just like one example, but I really like lightning. And I think that there's going to be a lot more direct onboarding to lightning people, just getting lightning directly. You, you open up a wallet and you get lightning, you get bitcoins that are on lightning and they are they're They're just so much easier to use. Uh, than than on chain transactions, you know, there's none of this waiting and none of this figuring. How much fee do I want to do? And you guess, and then you look at the mempool, and all this stuff gets gets it. So I I'm very excited for for the more developments that are happening. Lightning, I think that it's going to get simpler and simpler. And so um, 
you know, that's I, I, I think there's going to be some cool developments in the Bitcoin core. I think there's going to be a lot more uh, user friendly lightning and, and onboarding onto lightning. Listen, I'd love to see all time highs in 2020. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know these things, but I, you know, I don't think it's that far off. I don't think things, I think things are looking pretty good. I think it could happen. I think we could have a, I think we could break 20 K in, in 2020. Why not? So uh, that's, uh, it's not my official prediction, but why not? You know, yeah, your, your, your first having, this is going to be your first having. So you this know. is my first having my first having. That's right. I wasn't around. I, I came in the middle of 2017. So uh, I, I got to say, I like your lightning network. Uh, you, you made it real simple for people to understand. That was a good selling point. They should say, you know, people are scared when they send their Bitcoin. Did it really go through? You're saying with lightning network, you know, you don't have that fear that you just lost all your money. It, it's, there, are, there are a lot of things. And I saw that, I think from uh, Alex Bosworth, he works for lightning labs and he's working on this. He wrote a whole thing up, you know, whatever, a whole tweet or a couple tweets or something explaining all the benefits of a, of a lightning transaction over an on-chain transaction that that really makes you feel more comfortable. You know, it's like a regular, like a credit card transaction. They tell you how much to pay and it's a it's an invoice and then you pay the invoice and, and there's no, you know, there's nothing to get lost in between there. There's an invoice, you pay the invoice. But a Bitcoin transaction, like, you know, you're, you check the, you, you, you have to check, you double check the, the number, make sure, you know, is it, is it three N capital J, whatever. There's none of that in lightning. You don't have that. It doesn't happen. So I, there's none of all that fear is taken away. Well, dude, that that's, that's an awesome way to uh, conclude the show there. I, I like that. It has been quite a show with the Bitcoin rabbi today. Do you have any uh, conclusionary thoughts before we sign off? It is late back on the East Coast. It's 1246, man. You've given me a late night here, dude. Great. Liz, you know, I... I really love, uh, you know, I love what you're what you're doing. I'm so glad that you have me back on the show. Glad that we got to spread the message of uh, Hanukkah. And, uh, you know, it's it's a joyous time. Um, you know, there is darkness in the world. Um, but you, you know, my Rebbe and the Lubavitcher Rebbe says that we defeat uh, darkness with light. And so, you know, you just got to be a light to to uh, for yourself and to the people around you. And, uh, you know, Try and spread good messages and good behavior and be a shining example. So uh, I hope these these uh, Hanukkah candles are, are, are part of that. And, uh, you know, we've got one more day left. Uh, to, you know, tomorrow night is going to be the, the eighth day, the, the, the big, the grand finale. So hopefully it should be really a, a grand finale of light. We should have good news for everybody who's celebrating the new year. It should be a really uh, great new year of really uh, good things for you. I wish you all blessings, you know, God's blessings for, for everybody, everyone in the Bitcoin world and, and throughout. So uh, thank you, Adam. Well, thank you. Be the light, everyone. Be in motion. Be that light that's in motion. Thank you very much, Bitcoin Rabbi, for being here tonight. Everybody, remember, new show here every day. Saturday is the Beyond Bitcoin show. We went really beyond today, but then we went back to Bitcoin too. So it was a very special uh, it's great that the last uh, Beyond Bitcoin of the year uh, was, was very special there. Okay. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to the channel, like the video, share the video, check out the links below, pound that like button. We'll be adding some more Bitcoin Rabbi links after the show. He's going to send me some more right now. Just click on his uh, Twitter and you can see him, everybody, uh, and check him out. Pound that like button. 
Uh, see you guys uh, tomorrow. New show every day. Bye-bye. Happy Hanukkah. And that is...